Hi there, I'm Elena Aguilar, and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. This episode is a coaching conversation because I'm a coach and I coach people towards stepping into their own power. I coach them to listen to their inner wisdom and to heed that wisdom. So today I'm coaching Katrina Mendez. Now, Katrina is not one of my coaching clients. I've known her for about a year, and she volunteered to be coached for this podcast. Let me tell you a bit about what you'll hear in this episode and in the other coaching conversations that I'll share on this podcast. I know that many of you listening are coaches, and so you will hear the conversation And you'll also hear some of my thoughts about it. There'll be a handful of times when I'll pause the conversation so that I can tell you what I was thinking in that very moment and why I took the conversation in the direction that I did. I want to help you learn my tricks as a coach. Okay, so Katrina, my guest, has been teaching for 15 years. And in the last couple of years, she's begun to explore roles outside of, the, outside of being a classroom teacher. She's done some mentoring and coaching. She's presented some professional development sessions. So she's growing as a leader. And perhaps because of all this growth, she's questioning who she is and where she wants to work and what she wants to do with her life. So I've got to tell you, this was the first coaching conversation that I recorded for the podcast. And it's real, right? Katrina is talking about real things that she's dealing with. And I had no idea what she was going to be talking about. And I was nervous at the beginning of this conversation. I was having some performance anxiety. But that actually faded pretty fast, and I got into my coaching groove. One more thing that you should know. I record these podcasts on a platform that allows me to see the person that I'm talking to on video. So I can see the person's body language and facial expressions. And you'll hear me mention that a few times. Like I'll I'll say something like, I can see your eyes welling up. So I just wanted to clarify that for you because I am not meeting with people in person. I am still sheltered in place here in Oakland, California. So all of these coaching conversations are virtual. All right, let's get this started. So what's the issue? Let's jump in. Okay, it's kind of all over the place. So as I'm looking forward to maybe you helping me. It's always all over the place. That's why it feels like an issue. Mm -hmm. So it's my 15th year teaching and I just, I love being in the classroom a lot. I really enjoy my students. And I think with the past three years or so, I've gotten a lot closer to my students as I've learned more about social emotional intelligence. And I think also the reason why I've gotten closer to my students is because I have, I don't know, I think the more I lo- I've gotten more interested in coaching and leadership, I'm involved in more communities than just my school. So, you know, I join different chats and communities on Twitter. I, on the side, do professional learning with different communities. I'm also tied with the education studies program where I got my credential. So I work with like undergraduates to graduates, the colleagues to, and mentoring teachers that are, and not even just teachers, but also student teachers and undergrad students, like I mentioned. So I like to see multiple perspectives and different ages and different, different experiences. And I have found also an interest and not just my students, but also with adults that I didn't expect. But now that I am experiencing working with more adults, I think as a teacher, it's very easy to be liked by your students. And 
also with all the schools and different communities that I've been in, I enjoy meeting new people, finding connections, finding common interests. But sometimes there's people that are closer to me that I find harder to connect with. And I'm experiencing that more. And as I do more work with resiliency and compassion, I'm finding that, gosh, am I not as compassionate as I thought I was? And then I feel like I'm divided between two sides. I feel that, okay, this is good for me. This is a chance for me to experience change and challenge and come out of it stronger and understand that that person that may be giving me a hard time is suffering as well. And there's something that that person is struggling with and it's not about me, it's about them. But if I have that repeated experience and I try all these approaches and tools and I still don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, then I think, well, maybe I need to choose self-compassion and learn that I can't do everything. I can't connect with every person. I can't fix every problem. Maybe I need to set a boundary. And But then I feel like, oh, no, I'm quitting. I don't know. See, so I, I go back and forth, and I, I think about the issue, and I think sometimes I get carried away in the justice of it, of who's right. And I think, no, I have to be compassionate. So I become compassionate, but then at the cost of my own self-compassion. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, definitely. So what feels hardest about this situation? I think that the hardest part is that I feel that the people that I've known the longest and worked with the closest are the ones that I'm having a harder time reaching, mm-hmm. which I would think that because I have a relationship with that person, it would be easier. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that I'm newly connected with, and it seems such easy. It seems easier to get into hard conversations and go there and. I don't know. Hmm. All right. So let's explore this element. The people I've known the longest, I have the hardest time reaching. Mm -hmm. So first, what are, what are the feelings that come up around that situation? Well, a lot of times it would initially be anger. Mm. And I would at first feel like it would be a personal attack. And then after some thinking, I would think, okay, well, maybe we just have different values. And so that would allow me to be compassionate. You know, this person sees this way because oftentimes we have the same goal. We're just going about it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so that part gets confusing to me sometimes where I think, well, if we want the same thing, why are we butting heads? And I guess for me, trying to go into coaching and like leadership, I feel this I don't know if it's fear that who do I think I am? How can I do that if I can't even do it with the people? I can't help the people closest or help this situation, improve the situation that's closest to me. How do who do I think I am to go out and reach bigger, make a bigger impact if I can't even do it right in my like wow. immediate circle. Yeah, that's a powerful insight. I just want to, I just want to sort of stop and take that in because you, you said, is it fear like a question mark? And then you added, but it's also this, who do I think I am? And so I think there might be more emotions there coming up because you've got anger, maybe fear, and then this, who do I think I am? I want to know more about that part of you that feels that. I guess, I mean, I don't, I've always, like I said earlier, I've always really enjoyed being in the classroom. I didn't didn't really see myself as, a leader outside of the classroom. 
And as I started to get more interested and involved with professional learning opportunities outside of the classroom, and I started presenting and meeting other teachers. And, you know, when you work with elementary school children, after a session, they are not going to come up to me and say, that was really insightful. What a great lesson, Mrs. Mendez. <laughs> and sometimes they do in their own way. Like, I don't even feel like I learned today when you get those. I mean, that, those are awesome little nuggets. But, you know, there's also this feeling of fulfillment, I guess, when an adult comes to you and tells you, wow, you know, that was really helpful. I'm excited to take that back into my classroom. And then all of a sudden you're, I think, whoa, there were about 30 teachers here and like a handful came up to me and now they're all taking it to their 30 plus kids. Now all of a sudden, whoa, I, I potentially helped reach more kids. And so that feeling was, I didn't expect to take so much pleasure in that. And I guess as I started to explore that more and then look into like leadership and I got like my reading, I, I went uh, uh, and got my reading specialist, like added credential because I'm hoping that maybe I can be a leader and do more. And I like to zoom out and like see the bigger picture where I used to just focus on all, my, my 33 and that was it. That was our family, but, and just be committed to the community. But now I think, well, I can do more, but I keep judging myself on, well, if I can't, when I have this, like, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to feel like, okay, well, I, I succeed at every single thing because I don't, but I don't know why this, with this particular challenge, I feel like if I can't figure this one out, I won't be a good leader. Hmm. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure it out with one person, then it means you're a bad leader. You don't have potential as a leader. No, and then I go back to the that you're crazy. Why are you thinking that way? Like, you know, you can't impact every single person. You're not a, don't be a martyr, you know? So I need to learn how to let it go. And I think that I've tried, but maybe I I've also toyed with the idea of maybe I'm ready for a change. And what would that be? I don't know. <laughs> That's where, and I, I don't think I'm in the position to change yet because I don't have an, an opportunity, especially right now. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen with my job in July, you know, or going to union meetings and talking about furloughs and pink flips and you know, I, I don't think it's going to affect me, thankfully, just because I've been, I'm probably towards the more veteran side of years in teaching at my, in my district. But let's say I wasn't, and I had to go do something else. I don't even know where I would look. I don't even know what the next thing would be. I, I don't know. So I'm going to pause this conversation here. So I can tell you what I was thinking. When we feel unhappy in a situation we're in or something isn't working and we wanna make a change, it's very common to feel paralyzed by our own thoughts. Now, what I mean by that is that when we start thinking, I want something different, our mind can get all narrow and concrete and sort of fixated in logistics and the reality that's right in front of us right now. And then we can feel stumped. Like Katrina was saying, I don't know where I would look. I don't know what the next thing would be. Her mind was trying to sort through what she could see just right in front of her. And that was causing anxiety. And when we get anxious, our thinking narrows even more. So I wanted to help her tap into possibility. I wanted to help her open her mind, her imagination, I wanted to help her shift her emotions and access feelings of, its, of excitement and curiosity and hope and possibility 
because those emotions help us think more expansively. And so I asked her these questions. So what if anything was possible? What if you didn't need to look? What if you didn't need to imagine? What if there was a buffet of possibilities in front of you and you could pick whatever you want? Okay. What would you be curious about? I'm like smiling thinking about that. I know. Um, I can see your whole face just lit up. I was like, ooh, I can make my own job in an magic wand ideal I would still want to be able to be in the classroom but I would love to try coaching Hmm. coaching has never been offered in the district where I work and I know looking around it's kind of like that expendable luxury position Mm -hmm. that people get cut a lot and get thrown back into the classroom and I feel that I have two small kids I don't want to I don't want, I want us to be as stable as possible, but I also wanted to try new things. And I want to model that for my kids, you know, and be courageous and take risks. And then the pandemic happened and you're like, okay, well, maybe you should stay put a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see some sort of combination where I could coach, but then still be in the classroom or maybe even be some sort of like, enrichment teacher that gets to come in and do things with a class on a routine basis maybe they're like I don't have like my own classroom but I still get to interact with children and then I think I'm just I'm really interested in coaching but I don't know where I would I mean in this imaginary world like that position's there so I would be a coach right right okay so you'd be a coach Mm -hmm. so let's continue to play in the imaginary world for a few minutes. There's a lot we can learn from the imaginary world. I want you to imagine then that it's a few years down the line and you are a coach. It doesn't matter. We don't have to think about the details. Like it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but you are a coach and and you are having that experience of feeling like you are impacting so many more kids I love that when you talked about the fulfillment that you get after a workshop or something, when, when the adults come up and thank you, you talked about, you know, you realize you could reach more kids and that particular kind of pleasure. I'm so glad you described that. So I want you to imagine that you are a coach and you're feeling really satisfied. And now I want you to think back from that future point, think back to now and to the conflict or the unsettled feelings that you're having about this person who you've been thinking about, who you're closer to, who you've known for a longer time. And you're remembering this situation and how hard that was. And you're remembering the anger you felt and the sadness because I hear sadness and you're remembering the fear and the voice that says, who do I think I am? Which I think is a voice that sometimes comes from shame. Mm -hmm. You're remembering all of that. What do you know? What do you understand in the future Mm -hmm. about this situation? I think maybe part of it has to be positional in that maybe I was trying to coach colleagues when that wasn't my position. Mm. And also that... Say more about that. Maybe I was trying to lead when that wasn't my role. Mm. And that I was at a different point of readiness and that sometimes other people aren't ready to go there yet. Mm. So I'm hearing the conditions weren't right or they weren't set up 
the conditions, meaning what your role was, how you perceived your role, how others perceived your role. Hey, I've got to pause this here for just a second. You're about to hear me use a coaching strategy, which I simply call holding silence. I want you to know this because there are going to be these silent pauses in between things that Katrina says and my response. And I don't want you to think that there's something wrong with the podcast. I'm just holding silence. Because sometimes we, coaches, need to let things sink in. Maybe we need to let something sink in for our client, or we need to absorb and process what our client is saying. Doing that is a way to honor what they're sharing, to give it some breathing room. So just keep listening. There's nothing wrong with your device. I'm just holding silence. What you said earlier about putting a lot of pressure on myself, and I don't think I talked about like the actual context and the other factors that may have contributed, not just like my personal relationship with different people that I'm thinking of, that there could be like systemic issues, leadership issues, just different things going on within the climate that could have also been a factor of um, not being able to I guess improve the situation Hmm. like it's not just me there's other things that were happening too So it's not just me. Yes, it's not. (laughs) How does it feel to say that, to hear that, to have that awareness? Relief. I feel like it was like super heavy. I feel like I took a deep breath and I didn't realize it. (laughs) Yeah, I can see your eyes look like they're welling up. Yeah, so... Why don't you say it again? It's not just me. Can I make a suggestion? Say it again and take out the word just. It's just me. No, take out the word just. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the situation, it's the conditions. You talked about systems and leadership. What's coming up for you right now? I just didn't realize how much pressure I put on myself. Mm. And I'm thinking about, it's interesting that I, I've been thinking a lot about compassion during this time. Mm-hmm. And it's always, it's one of my core values. And it's weird because I used to think it was something, well, I do. I still think it's something that I'm, I, it's a strength of mine that I'm proud of, but I'm learning that it's also something I'm striving for in the sense of self-compassion. I always thought of compassion as having compassion for others. Because as a mother, as a teacher, seeing my mom, I think it's a cultural thing. We like take care of everybody. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I always had more friends that were boys and I was always the mama bear. Mm -hmm. And 
I think now I am finally realizing that compassion is a lot more than just having compassion for others. And I always would see like, you can't love others unless you love yourself first. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. You know, I would hear it and read it and see it. But I guess I don't think, well, I, I know that I will experience a higher level of compassion if I give myself more grace and forgiveness and practice more self-compassion to myself. Because then I'm like, wow, if I'm strong there, who knows what I could really do for other people? But I guess sometimes I take so much pleasure in serving others that I think it's backwards. I use that and then it makes me feel good. And then I feel self-compassionate, but I need to try doing it the other way. But that's hard <laughs> when you've never done it. And all of a sudden now, years later, you're finally making this aha moment. I'm like, okay, where do I start? It is hard. And I disagree with you. I think you have been practicing self-compassion. You're working on it. And when you said you tell yourself you said you start feeling like if I can't figure this out that I'm not a good leader and then you said then I say to myself you know I go back to like don't be crazy you you know so that voice in you that kind of course corrects that is a voice that is coming from the part of you that cares and loves you cares for you just the fact that you're grappling with this, that you're raising these questions, you are practicing self-compassion. You have the awareness of the need and of the desire. You're already doing it. You're in the stage of learning when it's this stage from the conscious competence ladder where you're aware of what you're not yet doing that you want to do. And that's one of the hardest stages because you're like, I want to be more self-compassionate, but working my way up the ladder. You're doing it. So, okay. I'm going to ask you again, sort of another imagine question. What would be possible for you in your life if you had a lot more self-compassion, if you felt really confident in your ability to love yourself and care for yourself and be kind to yourself, what would be possible? I want to stop this here and name that again in this moment, I wanted to help Katrina connect with possibility. I heard that she wanted to develop more self-compassion and she kind of knows what that might be but I wanted to strengthen her commitment. And one way that we strengthen our commitment to learn or do something is by connecting more deeply to what we might get from doing so, to what is possible. We need to have a sense of the future and let that sense of the future compel us. And it is these questions that I ask about possibility that allow Katrina to have what I think was another really big insight into this conversation. So let's keep listening. I think that when I, I mean, the experiences that I was referring to, like, like passive aggressive behavior or lying or, um, hearing that talk behind my back is happening. I, I think I, it's like, I would have like this waterproof jacket, like so it would still hit me, but it would slide off. And I'd be like, yeah, it's there. Shake it. It's gone. Keep on going. Mm. Mm. That's a great metaphor. The waterproof jacket. Because you have choice then about when you put it on, how long you keep it on. Mm -hmm. I love that. I wonder if next time you're going into a situation where you anticipate there might be some challenging relationships, maybe it's some of these, some of the people you're having some conflict with, 
Before you go in, could you close your eyes and imagine putting on that waterproof jacket? Yes. And I'm smiling because um, one of my core values is choice. Mm -hmm. And you said you have the choice to put it on or take it off. So what does it feel like to make that connection? Because again, I can see because we're on a video, I can see your eyes welling up. But it's like, I'm not sad, it's empowering. So these are tears of relief, reconnecting with your own power. It's just all like finally coming together. Tell me more about what you're understanding. Just, it's been really cloudy to keep with this like rain, water, weather metaphor. (laughs) It's been really cloudy. And sometimes I see there's like hope and then I feel like I bounce up and back down, but I don't think I've put it together in this way that I am on the direction going up on the ladder. I am aware. I know that I want to cultivate more self-compassion and I know that I have the choice, even though it may be hard to let those things slide off by me putting that jacket on and choosing to protect myself first, even if I might still get a little wet sometimes and not zip on my jacket all the way, every time I make maybe a a mistake or I don't zip it up or I don't put my hood on or whatever it may be, I will learn from each single time that I miss something and it'll be better the next time. I think there's so much power for you in continuing to explore that metaphor because when you said, you know, maybe some of it still gets on me or I don't zip it up all the way or it made me think about When your children don't have their jacket zipped up all the way, how do you respond? How do you, how do you love them and teach them? And can you connect to that love you have for your kids and project it onto yourself, bring it to yourself? Yeah, I hope to. That would be the goal. I remember doing an activity in Onward of how would you treat a friend? That's what this conversation reminds me. And that was really mind blowing to me. And that I think that was what made me realize, wow, I I really would like to strengthen my self-compassion muscle because when a friend comes to me, I'm very kind and validating and just supportive and the types of words I say and actions that I do. And then the next step was like, okay, when you struggle or suffer, what are things you tell yourself? And I was like, whoa, there's a big gap between those two. Mm-hmm. And so how can I treat myself more like I treat my loved ones, my friends, my children, my husband? Um, why, why am I having a hard time doing that for me? You know, when we started our conversation, you said, I want it to be about the issue and not the people. And, and then I said, it's usually about you, right? Usually it has nothing to do even with the people, it's about what are you learning about yourself and how are you showing up and how do you want to show up? And I love that your core values came up as part of this conversation, the reminder, the connection with them. That feels like another resource for you to draw on. How do you continue to embody those core values? And I'm sensing the possibility in terms of the impact that you can have on children, that you can have on other teachers, that you can have on a community, and that you can have on yourself by continuing to expand your understanding of a situation by integrating Mm self-compassion. And I think it's, I mean, I I could be wrong, but I, 
I would think that self-compassion is probably something that a lot of teachers struggle with mm-hmm. because we're used to serving others. And yeah. Yeah. It's something that a lot of people struggle with being kind to themselves, being kind to others. So I want to go back to the conflict that you're having. And I'm using, I know I'm using that word called conflict, but the, the tension that you're having or the discomfort you're having with some of your colleagues, you said the ones you've known the longest. And I'm wondering if with this awareness that it's not you, there's a lot more going on. There's a system, there's how you're positioned, there's issues with leadership. There's even the, the cloudy feelings that you've been experiencing But going back to those people and those relationships, do you get any insight into how you might respond to them or what you might do? I'm not sure. I think there are times that I've tried and it hasn't gone well. And so I reached like, kind of like a capacity issue where I'm just thinking that it's not worth my energy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I just, that's why I talked about change a little bit. But then again, this is me going back and forth in my head. I think, okay, if I, let's say I seek a different job opportunity and am I just like running away from it and avoiding it because I could run into another problem at a different place. And then it's the same thing all over again. I didn't really resolve it. Or is it, Hey, set the boundary for yourself. You're recognizing that it's really hard for you to take care of yourself in this situation. So maybe it's something that you need to let go. I kind of go back and forth between those two. I know that doesn't really answer your question, but I think that's why I'm stuck here because I'm not sure what to do. You said they're people you know the longest. And so I don't know if this is also true that they're people that you care about. That was honest. Okay. (laughs) It's not just one particular person. I mean, I'm in different circles. And Mm -hmm. so I've known people for a different amount of time. And then some of them I'm more, I have different relationships with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Some I do care and others I'm not. I mean, I I would think that I don't care, but obviously if I'm talking about it, that shows that I care. (laughs) So that might be something to keep thinking about and even make a list of and group them into like, you know, these people... I probably can draw some boundaries with and I'm okay sort of letting go of those relationships. And then maybe there's one or two where you realize there's some sadness here because there's been some misunderstandings or some messiness and this isn't this isn't feeling good and I don't want to walk away and then in 10 years from now run into them somewhere. And so maybe there's just some further reflection to figure out, are there any of those people that you would want to try to explore what's going on or repair a relationship? Or maybe maybe it is just about setting boundaries and What if you don't? Is that bad? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think that I don't know. I would tell a friend to draw the boundaries. Mm. Say, you know, not all I I just think about it in terms of where I'm putting my energy in a productive way. Mm -hmm. And I think that there have been multiple attempts to do that. Maybe I just didn't have the right experience or skill at that time but if I think about it today I don't even know what what else to try Mm -hmm. 
so when I feel that I've done all I know how, and I'm saying this out loud now for the first time, may, I think that I'm okay letting it go if I've tried. But if it's someone that I have to see a lot, I think that's the part where it's, I can be professional, that's not a problem, but I have to make sure that I have my jacket with me all the time. Mm -hmm. Just in case, because yeah. sometimes I feel resilient and strong and then something will happen that's unexpected. I'm like, whoa, I thought I was okay. And then it triggers me or something like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just making, but I feel like this is, I never had that like, the whole jacket metaphor is not something that I had previously. So I'm hoping that now going forward, it'll be different so that mm -hmm. I can maintain professionalism and keep a distance that keeps me um, not feeling yucky, you know, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I think the jacket metaphor is really going to be useful because the jacket was just keeping you dry. It still allows you to engage and to learn and to refine your skill set. It still allows you to build connections with people, but you're just not going to get drenched. Yes. And I and drenched by things that are outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm whatever someone else is dealing with, whatever's going on with them, their own frustration or anger, sadness or shame, it's, it, it won't affect you, but you can still learn and you can still grow your skills. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's going to be really interesting to see how, how you do wearing that jacket. Mm -hmm. And then maybe at some point I will feel like there might be entry points again where Mm -hmm. I could go and explore that, but at this moment in time, I don't feel, I feel that it would just drench me. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm going to remind you again, then of your core value around choice. Because mm -hmm. you're saying, I will have a choice about how I engage, how I respond, what I do, what I say, what I don't do. And that putting on that jacket is one of the first choices that you can make in terms of how to consciously deal with this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to wear my new wardrobe. There you go. <laughs> you can even have a set of them. What I wanted perhaps to remind you of and to connect you with actually is the power of your imagination whether that is to imagine yourself in the future or to imagine yourself putting on this jacket, that's great. Mm -hmm. But the power you have to connect with your imagination and your inner wiser voice to help you navigate this situation. Yeah, I guess I'm so in the present that I don't think that imagining myself in the future would have the wisdom to give me in the current moment. If that Do makes think sense. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, do you think you've gained wisdom or maturity? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> That's not a trick question. Right. So, and I'm saying that sort of provocatively because most people gain some wisdom and some maturity as they get older. The person you will become is within you today. Mm. Your wiser self in the future, she actually already exists within you. But it's a, it sort of tricks our mind to think about ourselves in the future. Yeah, I, I never really that. do that. I know, it's like, this is like coaching mental gymnastics. It is, it is, because you really have to push yourself because but it's good because sometimes, you know, we always talk about being present, but sometimes in order to be present, you have to take yourself out of it mm. and look to the future. Well, 
when we're in the present, sometimes we're also stuck within our mental models that exist right now. And so we're kind of stuck in our thoughts and in our beliefs about how things are, how we are. And so sometimes pulling us out of that helps us to see different possibility or perspective. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Katrina, summarize for me. What's, or just tell me what's one insight about yourself that you're taking away? I think what you just said that the person that I'll become is already part of me today. Like I already had those core values and I didn't realize the power that they have to remind me of how I can navigate challenges. I I think and talk about compassion and connection and choice all the time but I don't think I, there's, oh, there's so much more within them. Like, I guess I always thought, you know, I I just learned a lot about self-compassion, learning about when and when and how to exercise my choice and to connect those two all the time. And that I'm already doing the work, that I'm correcting myself as I go and acknowledging and that I'm aware that it's something I want to work on. And I never thought about shame as being part of it either, about like, who do I think I am? That was That was good. And also just imagining my future self, like just the power of imagination. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's not something I've ever really practiced. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd encourage you to, to try imagination because it can be fun and feel light and feel mm-hmm. expansive. If it feels fun, try it. If it feels, and really just play with it, whether it's when you are, you know, taking a walk or taking a shower, you think, what if, or what could be, or what's possible? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't do that a lot. I mean, my kids do it all the time and I do it with them, but um, mm-hmm. doing it for just myself. Yeah. Because I mean, I felt my body change when you asked me to like pretend that I had this, whatever job that I want. Mm-hmm. And It was like fun to think about that. Yeah. That's really useful information for you then. The way that your body felt and that it felt fun. Let yourself be drawn by what feels fun. By what feels like, I think you said, I think that's when you said, I felt like I took a deep breath, but when you feel a sense of relief or possibility or fun, keep going towards whatever, whatever provoked that or whatever got that going. Cause there's your, your body and your mind wants that your spirit wants that. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you're around little children because their power of imagination and play that ability that they have, let that be a reminder to you of, of what's possible because all of that was in you and it's still in you. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for being thank a you. guest on the Bright Morning Podcast. And thank you. <laughs> I look forward to hearing how it goes wearing your jacket and about your growth your expansion in the world. So thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you for inviting me. It was wonderful. Okay. So I think you heard at the end how I prompted Katrina to connect again with possibility. I love the metaphor that she came up with, the raincoat. And that was a great example of a moment when I was reminded again 
that our clients know themselves much better than we, as their coach, can ever know them. And we can step back and ask questions that help our clients uncover what they already know about themselves. And this metaphor that Katrina generated had a lot of meaning for her. It felt like it would be really useful. It was symbolic of her need to draw boundaries and not let other people's issues or attitudes or meanness get onto her. I felt like Katrina had realized basically that there was nothing wrong with her and that she just needed to protect herself from other people's garbage. And she realized that she knew how to do that by putting on this raincoat. So a few days after we recorded that coaching conversation, Katrina sent me a message explaining that she had already taken some big actions based on the insights that she'd had in our conversation. And she said, thank you for holding up a mirror so that I could see myself and a megaphone so I could finally hear myself. It's being able to have an impact like that that makes me love being a coach. In a couple of months, I am going to invite Katrina back onto the podcast for a quick check-in so that we can hear how she's doing. Okay, for all of you coaches who want an even deeper dive into the coaching strategies that I used in this conversation, go over to my website, brightmorningteam.com, where I've posted a blog which analyzes each thing I said and categorizes it into facilitative and directive coaching strategies. So folks, that is it for this episode. I need to ask you something. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you please go over to Apple Podcasts and rate it a five and leave a review of it? It feels awkward that I have to ask this, but apparently when a podcast is new, ratings and reviews are really important. And apparently, I have to have reviews of five stars. I'm guessing that this will take you 60 seconds, and it'll help other listeners discover this show. And of course, if you do know anyone else who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks, everyone.